I declare the motion carried. Which will legalize access to cannabis. Cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. It's like Christmas and New Year's and all in one day. I'm actually a medical user, so this will be a brand new experience for me. It's been a long time coming, so I'm just here to do what I've done for such a long time and not have to worry about being uh, prosecuted for it. John Briere has waited over 20 years for this moment. On October 17, 2018, Canada became the second nation after Uruguay to legalize cannabis both medicinally and recreationally. It was a bittersweet time for Don and his longtime partner in life and love, Carol Gwilt. It was good. It was something that we'd worked for, but it was so bad in every other way. I mean, if they were flying a, an airplane, they would crash it. If they were running the Titanic, they would have sank without hitting the iceberg. The rollout was completely terrible all across Canada, number one. And then as well as it, provincially, it was a disaster as far as everything that goes from people who were employed in the industry, who skilled people. You can't have one good tire on a car and the rest is going to fall apart. And they had a billion dollars to hire people. And what did they hire? People who didn't know what they were doing, just wasted their time and money. In the meantime, all the legacy people were left holding the bag, standing out in the cold. People who knew what they were doing, people who had good quality material and were good, honest, hardworking people. Even though pot was now legal, existing cannabis shops like weeds were not. The good news was overshadowed by one of the most painful times in Weed's history. Don and Carol were forced to shut down almost all of their locations across Canada, over 30 stores, leaving four open for business while they underwent the required steps for licensing. It's all about the money and it's all about the power. To have 300 employees, do you know how much money you have to take in to pay a living wage? Well, we were taking in a lot of money. We were taking in millions of dollars and that went to buy products and material. We had legacy growers, we had bakers, we had people who were making tinctures, all these kind of things, right? And what happened is they all had to go away. They all had to stop doing what they were doing because we, to conform, to be able to get a license, they said, listen, if you don't shut down, you are not only not gonna get a license, but we're gonna raid you. What they're doing is they're coming in and they take your product, they take your money, and then they find you triple the amount. They calculate what you would have sold in three months, and then they find you that. They said that's what they were going to do, and they have been doing it. We had to shut down. We laid off 300, one of our Saturdays. We laid off 300 people, pretty much. Not long before the historic day for cannabis in Canada, Jim Kennedy sought out Don and Carol following his research for quality cannabis crusaders. Jim is a former officer and aerospace engineer in the Royal Canadian Air Force and a longtime member of the tech industry. When Jim's son was nine years old, he was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune syndrome that attacks his blood. Years in and out of hospitals, blood transfusions, and terrible side effects to prescription drugs led Jim on a desperate search for relief for his boy. My wife and I started to really get concerned and started looking for something that might help Evan with at least not experiencing those side effects. We came across CBD and started, uh, found a source at the time, it wasn't legal at the time, and started administering the CBD to him. In our research, we learned so much about cannabis and what it did for people. At that point in time, 
the light bulb went on for me and I realized that I had to work in the industry. I had to be part of the industry. I had to be part of the culture. Jim says his son, now 26 years old, still has the condition. But since embracing CBD as part of his treatment, bounces back from flares more quickly and has become healthier overall. Jim values the experience and integrity Don and Carol bring to the cannabis industry and has become one of Don and Carol's valued employees. He was only weeks on the job when the long-awaited announcement was made. During legalization, there was a mixed bag of emotion. Obviously, they were very excited about the fact that, hey, their goal that they've striven for is right in front of them, that uh, they can own a legal store and sell cannabis legally and not have to worry about getting fines or getting raided or going to prison. So on one hand, it was some element of euphoria. And on the other hand, there's this what they were doing. And what they were doing at the time was, in my opinion, it was the most beautiful thing. And I think many would agree. It was just like the perfect execution of cannabis. They cared about quality. They, they scoped everything that came in the door. They third party tested every lot to make sure that there was nothing that they couldn't see through the scope. And also to understand the various compounds and ratios of those compounds within each strain that they were selling so they could educate their customers and help them on their journey to finding the perfect medicine for them. That is really what was going on. And then they were treating their employees so well and, you know, love was in the air, I would say. It wasn't perfect because people aren't perfect, but they had all the right intent and I was just so grateful to be part of that magic when it was happening. Amid the excitement, there was uncertainty, complications, and several stressors as Don and Carol explored a way forward into legal terrain. Research for this series has shown this resilient couple to be humble people. And Don does not want to dwell on what Carol shares happened next. Don's heart attack came in in the middle of... Um we had legalization on the 17th of October, and on the 20th, I had to go back to Ottawa. My mom was dying, and so she died on Halloween. And then two months later, Don had his heart attack. Their new and trusted employee, Jim, is near Don and Carol through these most challenging days. Right after his operation, he was back at it again, just giving it everything he had. A lot of people wouldn't realize that Don was operating on like a 30% heart capacity because he was just go, go, go. It was very impressive. Yeah, they're extremely resilient people. And, and uh, all you have to do is look at their history and what they've achieved and what they've experienced to know that. Five weeks after his health scare, Don got back to work, applying for licenses that have taken months to get approval and strategizing how to grow his dream in a new world. In 2020, there is also a new normal in the midst of a global pandemic. Stats Canada reports that one-third of Canadian cannabis users increased activity during quarantine, citing stress and loneliness as the largest contributors. Months into shutdowns across Canada, Weeds was finally granted approval to open their first legal store in the laid-back scenic seaside town of Seashell on BC's Sunshine Coast. Carol. It's kind of a bittersweet feeling, really, to uh, get the license in Seashell. It's something that we've worked for for so long, but the system is so broken that we have to work within that it's 
really, I don't know, it taxes my mental capacities, really. It's super challenging to just work within the regulations that they gave us, as opposed to, you know, we operated for several years with just, you know, what we felt were best practices. We did what we felt was right, what would be a good model to move into legalization and then when they you know brought out legalization and it turns out it's a lot of people would say it's it's actually very corrupt if you look at the list of law enforcement people who are now directors and executives in these licensed producer companies they're the ones dealing the pot now it's kind of offensive to our senses really that they're able to do this now and shut us out and you know make us go through all these hoops for years and years we've spent like to date now for the last two years we've spent over three hundred thousand dollars just spending our tires like you know we got to think about our sanity and actually going through this process. <laughs> Almost three years after legalization, Don, Carol, and Jim are still awaiting a license to come through for a location in Vancouver, a city that has both supported them and thwarted them. After decades of legal battles, store evictions, closures, and loss, Carol is sometimes more hopeful about the future of cannabis in Canada then she is about her future in it. We've always wanted regulation, but we want sensible regulation and uh, you know more of a free market for cannabis so that good businesses with good products survive. And then if you're not doing the right thing, then you're not going to make it in the, in the business. The future of weeds, you know, it's, we're trying our best. You know, we have one store. We're looking at two stores. We're allowed to have eight stores in the province of BC, a maximum. So I don't know. We might move towards that depending on how long we still have to wait for our second store. I guess a lot of that is just, you know, hinging on when our license might come for our second store before we think about what we're going to do. As for Dawn's thoughts of the future? What we'd hope is that it'll allow the free enterprise people to, you know, continue doing what they were doing. I think probably all the people that are in the cannabis industry would support a political party coming in, asking what they could do for the cannabis industry, the legacy people who have been basically shut out. And Jim Kennedy. My hope is, I, I know it'll happen, I just hope it happens soon, but that the veil is lifted on the truth about cannabis. And for weeds, I hope they're around when it happens. I want to see them flourish in the way that they did before, where they were just taking a natural plant and making it available to anybody who thought they might want it or need it. Jim says the strength of the Weeds organization has been fueled by the hearts of its founders. Love is in the air in their organization. It's clear because even when they talk about the plant, they talk about the plant as love and that they want to ensure that people get to share that love, experience that love. I think when you're coming from that, everything around it has that same intent to care for others and to love them. And if you look at their history of how they support the poor and addiction, how they do help people deal with addiction and how they support organizations that help people with addictions, it's incredible. Looking back on the past two decades, on what Carol describes as the adventure of her life, 
She says she has no regrets. It's meant everything that I've been with somebody that I love so much. You know, the family that we've built, uh, or built, <laughs> growing, I guess, is a better word than built. I don't know, I couldn't imagine my life really any other way. Fighting for freedom or, or you know, working towards freedom and this kind of thing, freeing the plant is, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. In the new regulated system, rebuilding weeds to its former glory will be a continuation of an already long and arduous journey. Whatever the future has in store, Dawn's up for it with the help of the plant that started it all. I consume cannabis products. Uh, I have a little snack sometimes, drink it, have a puff. Not only eases my pain physically, but mentally as well. Yeah. What else are we going to do?